We are back at it. It is Bedlam week. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, can you believe it's Bedlam? I, I can't. I can't believe it's Bedlam. I also can't believe that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both 7-1, and one, the way they've played some of these games. Uh, you were at West Virginia. You survived. Uh, you didn't You didn't get uh, torched in the uh, – there, there were no couch burnings in Morgantown. And you also survived uh, doing a, a double duty on, on the OU game and, and the Oklahoma State game. How, how was your trip to, uh, to West Virginia? You know, it's a pain in the you-know-what to get to Morgantown. You have to fly to Pittsburgh, drive an hour and a half south to get there. But once you're there, I have more – I enjoy covering a game there more than maybe any other place because the the field's very wide. You can get around on the field level very easily. The press box is huge. Everyone's super nice. They they serve food the entire game, which is very rare. Usually you got to get there early and the food's gone. Like – I was getting food, and they're like, here, you want some more? Take, take some extra. Take some extra. They're like force-feeding <laughs> me. And that just kind of illustrates how nice everyone there is. I, on Friday night, I got there to do a live shot or to tape a, tape a story for the Friday night 10 o'clock show. And the stadium's dark, and I kind of know the entrance to get in on the field, and the gate's open, and I walk in. There's a security guard there. And 99% of the time, they'll be like, you're not supposed to be in here. Get out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm from TV station in Oklahoma. We're going to tape something like for two or three minutes. Is that okay? He's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And so we walk on the field, and it's just me and my camera guy in an empty uh, West Virginia stadium. We have the whole stadium <laughs> to ourselves. Like That doesn't happen very many places. So I, I had a lot of fun covering the game, and thankfully the weather held off for our first show. Yeah. And there was an awning to stay out of the rain for our second show. But it was unprecedented we've never done two pregame shows on the same saturday so it was a long hard day but both shows went well yeah it was it was a it was a fun day especially for for oklahoma state fans and and i think you know people people get so wrapped up in the in the ou thing i watched ou tech on saturday night and i was glad ou won i want and, and gundy has said this before like i i want oklahoma state and oklahoma to be undefeated when they play because it's it's a better more fun game and it means more nationally as well as within the big 12 but i want to talk uh, real quick about west virginia just ha- watching on tv that third quarter was one of the worst things i've ever seen from an oklahoma state football team was it as bad being there or, or was it possibly even worse well, it's, it's it's funny, Kyle. When you're in the press box watching the game, you know you're ahead of the TV coverage. So, like every fumble, the the blocked punt, I'm just like, oh god, my timeline is about to just burn <laughs> in flames. <laughs> and so I would try to get like a quick tweet out there before everyone else saw it, and it was just, I mean, OSU just cannot and will not get out of their own way. I mean, yeah. they should have they should have blown out Tech, they should have blown out West Virginia. It, it just they, they're their own worst enemy, and that's kind of the frustrating thing when you watch this team. Is, I mean, they were they were on their way to absolutely winning by 50 if their special teams wasn't a, just a complete catastrophe. So it's just, it, it's just, you just shake your head. You know, after the block punt, you're like, oh my gosh, this is just silly. And then they throw the pick six, and I was sitting next to guys who cover West Virginia, and they were just, they were just. They couldn't believe their eyes. They they were ready to go home, and all of a sudden, it's a seven point game, and 
So it was it was just a total catastrophe. You know, Jake Trotter had that stat. The OSU has the worst special teams for a Power Five team in the last twelve years, dating all the way back to two thousand five Illinois. That says it all. It's it's not good. I, I was thinking about this though. So, so I th- I think that up to now, West Virginia is Oklahoma State's best win, right? Like, but like best team that they've beaten essentially. I guess my question for you is what is their most impressive win? Because I watched that game and that wasn't, that wasn't really an impressive win. Like I, I think you can, you know, you can beat a little bit worse team by more points and look kind of flawless doing it, you know, like maybe they have in some other games, but I, I, I didn't watch Saturday's game and think, man, so Oklahoma state team. They're awesome. Like, I can't wait to watch them the rest of the year, you know. I, so I, what in your head is their most impressive win so far this season? It's tough to find. I mean, their more impressive wins, you know, Pittsburgh and Baylor weren't against very good teams. Uh, same with Tulsa and South Alabama. Maybe Texas Tech, but they stink. Uh, Texas was a total disaster that they somehow won. So I think, I think West Virginia for sure, because the final score was not indicative of how that game played out. You know, yeah. West Virginia. West Virginia did score a late touchdown to get to thirty-nine too. On top of all the just tomfoolery that happened between LSU's <laughs> offense and special teams, so I, I would go West Virginia. I mean, on the road, playing that offense to shut down that offense. That to me was the prevailing storyline of that game. Is OSU has a Big Twelve championship caliber defense, which you and I, you know, we we've talked so much this year about Glenn Spencer whether he's getting enough out of the talent that he has. Well, he's gotten it out of them and more so the last two games. And that was kind of the prevailing thought for me is, yes, they haven't been overly impressive so far this season, but their defense is way better than we expected. So that's that's a positive to glean from just just all the mistakes they made against West Virginia. Yeah, I agree with you about um, about the defense. They've been, they've been awesome the last couple of weeks. I was looking at this. Their last, I think uh, – 35 third downs that they've faced dating back to the end of the Baylor game. Uh, they, they've, they've allowed only five first downs, five for their last 35. And, and after, you know, after the way we, or after the way that uh, we looked at them starting the year, you know, Oh, they can't, it's the same old Cowboys. They can't stop anybody on third down. It's like, well, five for their last 35. That's pretty good. You know, but I don't know. I, I might disagree with you. I, I think maybe Pitt is their most impressive win just because it, uh, obviously Pitt stinks. But you look at that game and you're like, wow, they're playing a power five team, no matter how good they are. They they legitimately could have scored 100 points, you know, yeah. and to, to me, that that was more. It's not a better win than West Virginia, obviously. But to me, it was a, it was a little bit more impressive. But to your point, the defense has been awesome the last couple of weeks and now it's it's and uh, Mark Cooper tweeted this. He said he talked to you after the game. Nobody knows what to expect. Like, is Oklahoma State's defense going to hold OU to sixteen points on Saturday? I don't think so, but I don't know. Is Oklahoma State's offense going to be able to crack twenty points? I mean, I would hope, but I don't know. And, and so it's weird that you're going into game what is this game nine of the season, and I still don't know what this team is all about. Well, and yeah, that's what makes this game so unpredictable is you don't know what OU to expect either. I mean, they've had their own issues. Every Big 12 game until Tech was a one-score game, and they were playing the bottom of the Big 12 yeah. up to this point. So I think this is the biggest toss-up Bedlam game we've had since probably 2010, I would say. 
you know, I mean, 2012 maybe. But uh, I think, I'm, wouldn't you agree it's probably the biggest toss-up bedlam we've had since 2010? Yeah, I think so. Interestingly, I, and I didn't remember this, I think the line in 2011 was like Oklahoma State by three, which looking back, it was like what we should have gotten rich off of that. I mean, that was – that was crazy, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think probably 2010, um, and 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 especially because it's in Stillwater. I don't I don't know if I would say that if it was in Norman. Although if it was in Norman, it might be a pick'em, which would be the, for the first time ever in Bedlam. So uh, I don't know what's your what's your confidence level in? Uh, did you go to or watch the Mike Gundy presser on on Monday? I watched a lot of it. I, I watched uh, your recap or read your recap and all that, but I watched a little bit of it. My favorite part was, you know, Jake Trotter did a great job just bringing up how Mike Gundy's had so much success except for Bedlam. And he he, he basically, I don't, don't want to say grilled Mike, but he asked like three or four follow-ups to the question that everyone wants to ask is, why do you coach differently in Bedlam? Yeah, he stopped. He stopped short of just saying, "Mike, why are you gutless in Bedlam?" But he he <laughs> he, fra- he phrased it very well, and he got Mike Gundy talking about it, which I think was his goal. And I thought that was a fascinating case. Where, and you wrote about this on the blog today. Does Mike Gundy have a Bedlam problem? And Mike tried to make the point that look, OU's always really good, so <laughs> your odds of beating them aren't great to begin with, and we've been close a lot. We just got to finish. So I thought that was by far the most interesting uh, aspect of his press conference. Yeah, it was interesting because you could tell he was getting, I don't know if he was irritated, but he was definitely a, a little bit out of his world, uh, as, as he says, just in terms of like, he loves to just, you know, stand up there and tell the jokes and talk about the hair and whatever. And then you start talking about Bedlam and it's like, you know, well, I, there's not, there's not, it's not as funny. Like there's not as many jokes flying from the podium. Um, but you he, just, he did make one though. He did make one. He said, "Hell, Gil- Gilbert catches the ball. You're not asking me this," which is kind of true. Um, you disagreed with what I wrote. I, I I essentially wrote that I think Gundy might have a bedlam problem, but I don't think it's as pronounced as a lot of people feel emotionally that it is. And I get it. Like too intense, not good. Uh, but sort of the the thesis there is. OU's the number three program in the country in terms of wins since Gundy took over. It goes Ohio State 1, Alabama 2, OU 3. And the fact that they happen to be Oklahoma State's rival is incredibly unfortunate for Mike Gundy, but it doesn't – and it doesn't absolve him for some of the ways that they've performed, specifically last year and, and obviously in 2013. But I, I just I, – I can't go fully into like – he he definitely has an OU problem just because of how good OU's been over the last 15 years. I agree with that, that premise. And I, I counter with OU's lost to double-digit underdogs seven years in a row. Now, one of those was OSU, so yeah. you got to give Mike credit for that one. But it's not as if OU was this just juggernaut team that just nobody can beat. I mean, they were, they were ripe for the pick in a lot of years. And I would argue those teams that have beaten them as underdogs – played a different way than Mike Gundy ever has. They, they play to win. They throw the ball around. They, they're aggressive because they play like an underdog. And Gundy in these games plays like he wants to just keep it close and not get blown out. And I think that's where people get really frustrated. So, like, OU has made a habit of losing to underdogs. So that's, 
that's my counter to this. Well, the OU's been favored this many years, and yeah, OSU kept it close. And and the other part of it is OSU's been the second best program in the in the league. Yeah, it's not it's not as if Gundy was throwing his 2005 team out there every year and just hoped to have a chance to win at the end. And there were many years that they they could and should have won if you know they do things a little bit different. You mentioned 2013. That's the most egregious one. But I, I can. You want to go down all the years? Well, you start, so, yeah. You somebody start in 2005. Brought, yeah, let's. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go. Oh five, no chance. Adrian nope. Peterson just murdered him. Yeah. This one, my memory bank is a little dry. 2006 was in Stillwater, correct? And Zach fumbled on the goal line. Is that what it was? Well, they they. This was the game where they ran. It was confusing because they were running Bobby in and out, and they were running Zach in and out. Oklahoma State threw a pass into the. Um, into the west end zone. It was being reconstructed at the time as time ran out. And if they catch it, uh, I think what they lose by eight, seven, six, something like that. I think if they, I think if they basically six. they had, they had a pass at the end of the game to win the game. So, you know, I know, Oh, you had Paul Thompson playing quarterback, but they also finished 10 and two that year, you know? So, so you're, 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 you're on the final play of the game. You have a chance to beat OU in Stillwater in 2006. OU had OU's leading receiver had two catches for 19 yards. Paul Thompson was 7-11 for 77 yards, and they won the game. Alan Patrick had 163 yards on the ground. So that was a close game that could have gone either way. I don't. And yeah, yeah, Bobby Reed and Zach Robinson both played. They both completed eight passes together. So it wasn't like a aerial assault by either team, but. <laughs> Can you believe that was only like eleven years ago? Yeah, I was. I think I was. I was there for that one. I was in college then. Yeah, I was there. Two thousand seven Bedlam game. That was in Norman. It was cold and rainy. It's probably the first instance of Mike being scared of the weather. I don't remember that game at all. Like I have zero recollections of that game. Uh, Zach, I think it was Zach on, fumbled on the goal line again, or got stopped on the goal line uh, on fourth down. That's all I really remember from that game. But this, and again, this is early in Mike's tenure. He's just trying to get his program off the ground. He's, he's finally has his players to play with, and those are two close games, really. Um, I can't find the box score of this one, but no, set, uh, 07 was not close. They got thumped. Oh, they did. Yeah, they got beat. They got beat badly in 05 and 07. Now 08, uh, it was close until the end. That's the year that Gilbert returned the kick to make it like a three-point game with uh, three minutes left. And then OU turns around and scores. And then um, I think OU – or no, not no. there wasn't three minutes left. There was like eight minutes left. No, I'm, I'm thinking Gilbert was, was not uh, 2008. Gilbert was uh, – 2008 was – you're thinking of 2010. 2008 yeah, was uh, Dez, Dez catching it at his shoelaces – Back and forth game in which OU scored late to make the score a little out of hand than what it was. Yeah, but that but again, that 2018 played for a national title for OU. That right. that was that was Bradford at his peak. It was uh, it was uh, Parrish Cox that returned a kick for a touchdown, not Gilbert. Yeah, 2009 for me, one of the more egregious Bedlam losses. They get shut out. Zach's playing with one his left arm. His, his right arm was. Day to day, wasn't even at, wasn't even in Norman. I don't think <laughs> Gundy was running. This is the first instance where it didn't look like he was trying to win the game. To the, third down and thirteen, I'll never forget it. He ran like a toss sweep to like 
Kendall Hunter or Dantrell Savage, whoever it was, on like third and like 15 when they're down like one score. Just totally giving up. Didn't even throw Brandon Whedon in the game just to try and mix things up. Just got totally shut out. And that's the rumors when there's rumors that Boone Pickens demanded he be fired after the game. <laughs> and that's when they hired Dana Holgerson and we get to 2010, which 2010 is one of the probably one of the bigger heartbreaking games for OSU among all the Bedlam games. That one of 2013, I would argue. But like, they have OU, uh, has the ball. The whole stadium thinks they're going to run, and Kevin Wilson calls a brilliant play-action pass to uh, James Hanna for another long touchdown that effectively won the game. He did it the, the play before the series before with uh, Cameron Kenny. Just those two long touchdowns after Gilbert's uh, kick return. I think I think 2010 and 2013 were probably the most exciting, um, just because of what was at stake. You know, 13 was obviously for a Big 12 title for Oklahoma State, not for OU, and 10. I think the winner would have gone to the Big 12 uh, championship game. So I, I think those were probably the most exciting ones. And unfortunately, obviously, Oklahoma State lost both of those. So I think I, I do think that, the, you know, you remember the ones that are super exciting and Oklahoma State's come out on the wrong side of most of them. And so it, it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. and they had, they had a bad break there with Blackman was just, as you said, dragging his leg all over <laughs> Boone Pickens. He was like yeah. he was like 20% and still had like 100 yards and a touchdown. That was absurd. Uh, 2011, again, they, they blow out OU. They win the Big 12. It's all gravy. But people, you said you, we could have won all the money on this game. This game was close. Yeah. All the way through the second quarter. It and took, they, didn't, they didn't throw it. took it. a Statue of Liberty play by Landry Jones to Rashetti, to Rashetti Jones to really blow the game open. Yep, Ran the ball, did. played pretty conservatively. Whedon didn't have a touchdown pass. Now they had a lot of success running the ball. I'm not. They won the game. Look, I'm not trying to nitpick here. I'm just saying people people remember that game as a blowout, and it really wasn't until midway through the third quarter. Yeah, no, you're right. 2012, great game, overtime, should have won. Oklahoma State should have won. Uh, but it, so 2012 is a good example of what I'm talking about here. Of like, and and somebody brought this up. You've got like three plays if they go differently. We're not even talking about any of this, you know? And so is that on Gundy? Maybe. Like, I, I I think there's something to be said there for like the way Gundy coaches in Bedlam. I'm not denying that. But if Blake Bell gets tackled in 2012, if Justin Gilbert catches the ball in, in 2013, all of a sudden Gundy's, you know, four and eight, it, which is a lot more reasonable and 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 understandable against a really good um against a really good uh, Bob Stoops tenure in in Norman and so I just I don't know I I I don't think you can put all of that on Gundy because if guys make a couple plays everything's different right Gilbert almost had a pick six right before the end of the half it went off his hands to Kenny yeah. Stills for a touchdown yeah but I think 2012 second half i think they were ahead got conservative again started running the ball punting i think you saw some shades of conservatism in the second half of 2012 people forget about that too they just remember blake bell stepping over caleb lady <laughs> for mm. the touchdown it's a great uh, 20, game 2014 uh, great game 2013 the most egregious bedlam loss in gunny's tenure they were so much better so much better than ou I still think if uh, if Randy Childs if if there's not a penalty called on it, you remember that first touchdown run he had it was like 88 yards or something Desmond Desmond Rowland 
Was it Ren- – oh, it was Desmond Rollin, not Rennie Childs. Do, do I even follow Oklahoma State football the way that I'm getting some of these Dude, names wrong? Dude, we're getting, we're getting old. I mean, <laughs> you want to call him Keith Toaston, go ahead. <laughs> and it gets called back. I still say if he scores there, uh, Oklahoma State wins the game. But uh, they he didn't, they didn't, and uh, that was uh, that was the all time gaff, I think. And and here here's the here's the crux of it, Carson. And I, and I totally get this. Bob Stoops coached that game like he had the worst team, and he did. And and I think that that right there is you know the fake field goal, all this different stuff. He he coached he coached his balls off. Pardon the pardon the. <laughs> the uh, the visual there he he was awesome that game and Gundy has never really coached like that now I I think Stoops had more of that generally in him than Gundy does just just in other games not talking about Bedlam but I think when you look at that game you say man Bob Stoops is just a better coach than Mike Gundy and which is true but it, it was it was very apparent that day in Stillwater well and here's the here's the exact opposite of how Gundy coached that very same year. Remember the Baylor game in Stillwater? They're underdogs. Baylor's a top 10 team. Top three. They, they threw the kitchen sink at Baylor and blew yeah. them out. They're running the, the throwback pass to Clint Shelf. They're throwing it all over the yard. The difference in game plan for the 2013 Baylor game and the 2013 Bedlam game is night and day. And I think that's all people want from Gundy is just play like that and if you lose it's fine OU's obviously a great team but it's it's the fact they play differently in that game I think there's no better way to sum it up than the 2013 Bedlam game versus the 2013 Baylor game and I guess I guess my point in all of this is if if you're basing your entire and I'm not saying you're doing this I do think some people do this if you're basing your entire Mike Gundy stinks in Bedlam argument on one game is that is one game enough and and I don't I think you Carson Cunningham are basing it on more than one game. I think you're basing it on 2009. I think you're basing it on 2015, 16, etc. Well, but I think I think 11. people I, th- <laughs> I think people point just to 2013. They're like Gundy stinks in Bedlam because of 2013, and it's like he might stink in Bedlam, but you can't base that on one game. And I don't. I know. And then know. it became it became irrefutable. 2015. They didn't have Rudolph. They were done before that game even how about, started. How, what did Gundy say on uh, on? I skipped Monday? twenty. I skipped twenty fourteen. Now they that that's a game they played. You know they played to win. They, they were throw, Mason Rudolph was throwing it downfield to Brandon Shepard. Mm. Uh, kept themselves in it and uh, probably shouldn't have won. I mean, P. Ryan got hurt and OU kind of went into their shell. That was Bob Stoops' worst Bedlam performance with the the re-kick to Hill. But then uh, so they win that one, which. Great what if, Kyle, if they lose that game, is Gundy still the coach? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've I, got a piece coming out for uh, CBS later this week. I did a feature on Rudolph, and I talked to his dad. And it, we talked about that Bedlam game, and he said that – another great what if. <clears throat> he said that – and this is not like breaking news. I think he's said it before, but he said they – Rudolph's parents, not happy about Rudolph getting his red shirt pulled. Like not happy at all, and just that whole like three game stretch of Baylor, OU, and Washington completely changed the trajectory. I, I know we've talked about it; we talk about it all the time, but we can't talk about it enough. It was it was program trajectory changing because if none of that happens, then yeah, 
is Mike Gundy even still the coach? It's a great question. And I, I just how improbable it was that Rudolph would come in over those final three games, do what he did, and then go 29-7 and seven over the next 36. It's, it's unbelievable. We have a lot of bad what-ifs with OSU football. That's a great what-if. So yeah. that one worked out. 2015, as I said, no Rudolph. They're done. They got hammered. Uh, then the, the Gundy's-Bedlam issues became irrefutable last year. And look, I know they were 12-point underdog, whatever. They were taking it to OU in the first half, and they still did not exploit OU's biggest weakness by even attempting to throw the ball. They threw it downfield twice, completed both. It was the most egregiously, most egregious coaching performance of Gundy's career, even more so than 2013, in my opinion. Well, I, I hope people are, are ready for it on Saturday because they're going to run and they're going to run and they're going to – they might pull Chuba's red shirt. They're going to run so much. I mean, it's well, going to be – Then they're going to lose then because OU stops the run. I know. But they are so insistent on, well, we're just going to do what, what people give us. Yeah, I mean, you heard Gundy on Monday. He said their run pass option and when people try to stop the, the pass, they run it. I mean, they did it against Texas. Didn't work. Did it against West Virginia, kind of worked against a terrible run defense. It was, we haven't even talked about JD King, but I, I, they're just so insistent on taking what people give them, and and I don't I don't really blame them, but I'm just not sure if they've got the the horses offensively or, or on the offensive line and and at running back to to be able to do that against OU. Well, here's the bright side: OU tried to run a three man front drop eight that Iowa State did to them that. Texas did to Oklahoma State, and Tech ran all over them. So if OU tries to do that again, they're going to get run on. But I think they're going to run a four-man front, and that tells me that OSU should throw the ball. Well, if they do, then they will. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced of it. I, I think that, I just think that teams are like, you know what? If you, if, if JD King and and Justice Hill beat us, then they beat us. But James Washington will not beat us. That will, that is not a thing that will happen. And. You know, Texas was close to pulling it off. West Virginia wasn't really, but Oklahoma State wasn't great offensively. They had 19 drives, and they only scored 50 points. They should have put up at least 60 with 19 drives. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating. Um, I think you could argue OSU has the better team from top to bottom. Yeah, especially I mean, especially defensively. I I, yep. I, I agree with you. So. Do we have do we have our guests lined up? We do. We're gonna call um, we're gonna call our dads. We're gonna call my dad first. See where he's at mentally with this game. He's gonna be in attendance. Um, so yeah, let's get to the Coop Ale Works guest of the week. Coop Ale Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde for your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends. Enjoy a cold coupe at works, and please remember to drink responsibly. We are calling my dad. He's probably playing golf right now. <laughs> Get his mind off Bedlam. Yeah. Hello? Dad. <laughs> hey, turn your turn your radio down. <laughs> well, just a second here. I'm, uh, uh, it's going to come to an end. Okay, how's that? Yeah, you're you're good. How's it going? All right. Carson, listen to the sports well. animal. You listen to the sports animal getting ready for Bedlam. What are you doing over there? Well, I'm you know I'm 
got Robert on in the morning, Sports Animal on the afternoon. How, how are you feeling about Bedlam? What, what's your confidence level at, 1 to 10, about Oklahoma State winning Bedlam uh, this year? Well, I've been analyzing this thing pretty closely. <laughs> and it appears to me, I mean, it's a toss-up. I really think it's a toss-up. Which means somebody will blow the other one out, probably. <laughs> but, uh, just, I mean, just looking at some of the matchups, I mean, OU's defense, I, I don't, I don't see how they can stop us. I mean, <laughs> famous last I, words. <laughs> pardon me? Famous last words. Well, I mean, we might stop ourselves, but just, I, I'm just looking at some of the stats and they're just not very good on defense. Now they may play the game of their lives, but, uh, who knows? And, uh, you know, I, even though we struggled on offense a little bit the last few weeks, I, I'm probably more worried about our defense this week. Uh, especially what I really worry about is the middle of the field. Um, I just think there's a lot you can do in the middle of the field on us. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if you were still going there or not. Uh, what What's your biggest concern for the game, by far? Uh, I, I well, defensively, I don't think we cover the middle of the field very well. So, if if they if they're going to go to Andrews or Flowers over the middle, I I see some big plays there. Um, and I think because. Maybe maybe our back back end of the defense is a little better. You might see Mayfield running more, um, more than he normally does. And running quarterbacks scare me. <laughs> yeah, what we're, we're uh, Carson and I were just talking about. You know whether or not Gundy has an OU problem, just the way he's coached. Have you? What's been your takeaway from the last? 12 bedlams that, that Gundy's gone two and 10 in. Do you feel like he has an OU problem or has OU just been significantly better and there's not really anything you could do about it? Well, last year was a little bit of a question. I mean, who knows what happened in the second half? I, it's, uh, I, I don't know. And because we didn't throw many deep passes, um, that, that was questionable. Um, but I, I think we, I think we gave out in the second half. We missed a lot of tackles in the second half too. Um, I, to say he has a problem, I mean, I mean, he even mentioned it in his presser yesterday, you know, since he's been there, every time we play him, they're in the top 20 and half those times they're probably in the top 10. So, and what have we gone? The last, we've won, what, seven out of the last 20 or something like that? 
in uh, what's he won two two of those? Yeah, two. So, but you look at a couple of those games. I mean, there was a couple. You know, one overtime game we could have won. Uh, another game, um, what we lost by six or seven. I mean, they've been, you know, it's, it's definitely more competitive than it's been the last 50 years before 19, or before 2000 even. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say he hasn't done a good job. I mean, for the most part, I mean, we're playing, you know, three stars against four and five stars most of the time, generally speaking. Are you concerned about Mike running the ball too much, though, on Saturday? That seems to be kind of the issue he's had, you know, back in that 2013 game. They didn't really air it out until they had to. Are you concerned with the game plan at all going into this game? Well, my my, my uh, concern over that is, yeah, I think we we have run the ball a little bit too much. I'm not going to say way too much because I think we needed to run it uh, against the defenses they've been playing the last two weeks. But I, I'm just I'm really confused on why we don't. Um, utilize the, the, the cowboy backs and even the running backs on short passes. Uh, I just, I don't know if that's just not what we do or it's, they think it won't work, but it seems to me that, um, uh, you could take a little bit of pressure off the running back by, by throwing some, you know, some bubble screens or some swing passes um, to get them out in the open. In the Cowboy back, we just don't throw to at all. I, you know, I, we've just given up on that. Yeah. No, it's it's true. I think they had uh, – Keenan Brown caught a pass against uh, – I guess it was Tech. He caught like a 30-yard pass or something. It was like, who is this – I didn't realize he was still like lining up to, ke- to catch passes. Um, has this season, Dad, has it been fun? Because I feel like a lot of what I've heard just uh, from people either on the website or on Twitter or whatever is like, it's not really, it's kind of hadn't been that enjoyable. Has it been fun for you? Have you enjoyed it? It's been a struggle. And I, and I think the reason is, you know, everybody came into this season like 2011 and had, you know, we, we set the bar pretty early. And because, you know, we're still what, second in the nation in scoring, which is, you know, respectable, I would say. But I, I don't think the games have just been ugly. You know, they just – everybody wants, you know, a you know, 49-7 to 7 blowout, and we turn it into a 49-37 to 37 game. Or, and I think that's been the – I think that's been the main issue. We just – it's been real sloppy, and uh, why that is, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we, maybe we think we're a little bit better than we are. Um, I will say this though: 
because OSU has um, a lot of people are saying, okay, um, special teams are the worst. Offensive coordinator doesn't know what he's done. <laughs> uh, this, that, and the other. Um, Gundy doesn't know what he's done. I, I will say this. I mean, had we executed um, certain play, I mean, you look back on the last few games and, you know, McCleskey dropped the, yep. you know, the block punt end zone that, that shouldn't have happened. And, you know, the pick, I, I don't know what Mason was thinking on that. Um, you, you know, those games can turn real quick on one or two plays. And it, it it feels like to me that everybody's griping about how poor the team's playing, and I, and I kind of flip that around and, and say, well, hold it. As poor as we played, we're still winning, and we're beating decent teams. I mean, you know, West Virginia maybe they're middle of the road. Texas has got a good defense. But it's like, gosh, if we could put all this together in one game, which I hope it's this week, I mean, we we could really look good. Where are you going to watch the game at? And are you, are you superstitious? My dad, if he's watching at home, and you know, OSU starts doing terrible, he'll just change the channel for a little bit and come back. That's kind of his well, superstition. We'll, what are you going to watch the game at? Well, we'll be at, we'll be at the game. Do you go like get a? Do you go like uh, go tailgate if it's not going well, and then come back, or what's your uh, what's your routine? No, we 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 sit in the club, so we don't leave at halftime. Um, and yeah, I I just have a feeling you know there's gonna because the club seats we have there's not many uh, season ticket holders around us, so I'm sure those seats are up for grabs this week. And I, you know, I dread who gets them. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get you out of here. By the way, did you know that I'm staying with, or that uh, my our whole family's staying there this weekend on Friday? Who? Uh, me and the kids and my wife and Jen. Oh, I've heard a rumor about that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to break that news to you. Uh, I'll get you out. We'll get you out of here on this because we're going to call Carson's dad too. Uh, first, who's been your favorite player to watch so far this year? And second, uh, a prediction for the game on Saturday. Um, my favorite player to watch, I really like Dylan Stoner. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I just like the way the kid operates and, uh, I, I just uh, I, I really like him. As far as the score, I'll, I'll go. I'll go forty forty four to forty. Wow, that would be. Uh... No, I'm not saying who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're 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 saving your winner for like Friday or what? I'll go, I'll go 44-40 OSU, but I okay. think it's going to be so close. I, I just, um, like I said, with the deal, with the defense, I think we're real susceptible to big plays over the middle. You know, running quarterback, 
uh, I think we'll score, they'll score, and it'll come down to, well, this is cliche, turnovers and special teams, mm. um, which I don't think either one of us have been real good at that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, it, it's just uh, kind of too close to call, but I'll take the Cowboys. So you're, are you going to change your pick late in the week like Carson did last week? Well, Carson, I, I, I texted Kyle and, and said, Carson, tell that cowboy to step down off the fence because he picked in one show he picks OU <laughs> and the other show, or OSU and the other show he picked West Virginia. Hey, I, once I get on the field and I realize, oh, yeah, OSU is way better than West Virginia, what am I thinking? <laughs> It's not rain, and it wasn't raining pregame. If it had been pouring on me, I would have stuck with it. But the sun was out, so I was like, "Oh, Mason's tiny hands will be just fine." So, well, <laughs> who, who are you guys picking? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't want to switch my picks. I'll wait till yeah. closer to the game. Well, I'm an- I'll give you some local flavor. Uh, so far, uh, I think. Uh, Al Ashback has already picked OSU to win. Wow. Uh, Traver's picking, picking OU. Um, Curtis Fitzpatrick's picking OSU. Myron, uh, I can't think of his last name, Carson. Myron. Uh, Myron Patton. Yeah, Patton is picking OSU. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, it should be fun. Um, yeah, we'll 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 have our picks later on in the week. But uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on, Dad. Hope we didn't interrupt too much of your golf game. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm not playing today. Oh. We got fifty cent corn dogs at Sonic today, so I'll probably. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we will see you uh, on Friday afternoon. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah. All right. Okay, Carson, now we are going to call um, your dad. Yeah, he should be home. I don't think he's I don't think he's eating 56 corn dogs today, but I think he said 50 cent corn dogs. Oh, <laughs> I think he said 56. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, let's see here. Any surprises about what what my dad said? Oh, your your dad's way more rational than than you or I even really. So that was good to get his perspective. <laughs> and he's he brings up a really good point about over the middle. I had something I hadn't quite factored in yet. They love that play yeah. action Dimitri Flowers over the middle play that just kills everybody. So I think he's he's right on the money there. Well, that's, that's, that's why to watch it, out for. And, and nobody's really talking about it, but getting. Getting the ninth president back last week, I think, was big for Oklahoma State. Kenneth Kenneth Edison Magruder. Um, yeah, kind of forgotten about him, right? Yeah, I know, and and I, I don't know what percent he is. Certainly not a hundred, but I don't know. He could be big on Saturday. Uh, okay, we're gonna give your dad a call, and uh, I want to get. Ah, we didn't ask my dad. I want to get some uni takes from your dad. He's always got some some gems. Okay, yeah, he's ready. Okay, I'm calling him. Hello. Dad, what's up? 
Not much. What are you doing? Uh, you're on the podcast with uh, Kyle. We just talked to his dad, so we want to give you a call and see how you're feeling about Bedlam. How are you feeling? I feel just like I always do. Very pessimistic. <laughs> why are you uh, Why are you pessimistic this year? Well, I'm not convinced that our coach is going to coach a normal game. I hope he does. But honestly, even if he does, uh, you know, I'm not sure we have the best team. What, what, what's, what's been the thing that's made you most um, frustrated throughout this year? Everybody, I think, watches on TV or is at the game, and it's like, just do this differently. What, what's been that thing for you? Uh, probably play calling. Uh, being too conservative, uh, running the ball when that's obviously not our strength. We got a great quarterback. We got four or five really good receivers. But you know, just because they line up in a certain defense, we're we're hell bent to run it fifty times. <laughs> uh, that might work against West Virginia. It almost didn't work against Texas. I don't know that that will work against OU. I'm not sure OU's going to line up in that same defense. I think they think they're good enough just to play it straight up. And they may be. I don't know. Uh, you know, I just, I've been an OSU guy for a long, long time, and we've lost a whole lot of football games to OU over those years. Thus, I'm, I'm never really confident going into the Bedlam game, and this year's no different. Well, Dad, you picked me up from the airport uh, when I got back from West Virginia, and, and all you wanted to talk about was the last three minutes of the first half. So this is your this is your platform. Well, it's the last four minutes to be to correct you just a little bit there, but uh, <laughs> okay. you know we're up. Uh, what was the score? Thirty uh, to ten, um, or no? That was second half. No, it's twenty three. I think it's twenty three to ten. I think it's twenty three to ten, right before half. We get the ball, four minutes to go. We're on our own thirty yard line. I mean, that's plenty of time to go try and score. But we run off tackle for one yard, we run a draw play for minus four, then we run another off tackle for plus three or something, and we're punting the ball. And if I recall, they went down and kicked the field goal or scored, I don't really remember, but we didn't try and score. Uh you know, we got plenty of time to go score, and we don't even try. That just kind of epitomizes how Gundy coaches sometimes. It's like, well, we're up by 13. Let's not take any chances. But, you know, we might do something stupid down here. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, I've got a couple of – I'm going to give you some quick hits right here. I've got some buy and sell. So if you say buy, that means you're you're in on this person. If you say sell, I'm you're in? out. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give uh, you – I've got like three or four in a row. Glenn Spencer, buy or sell? Uh, boy, buy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mike Yersich. But that's a hard one. That's about a half and half. Uh, I'm buying. I, I like him. He's okay. Okay. I think he's influenced too much by Gundy, but that's, I think if <laughs> Gundy would just let him go, he'd be fine. Uh, J.D. King. Oh, Bye. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, the all white uniforms really? with the with the big Pete helmet that they wore last week. I not only sell them, I give them away for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go go I ahead, Carson. Hate, you don't like big Pete? I hate the helmet. I hate the big Pete on any color of helmet. They need to deep six that now. 
<laughs> Give me the brand. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think I don't, they know the brand exists, Dad. Well, I, you know, they hadn't used it in months. Years. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm okay with the badge. Uh, I like the brand the best. Uh, I don't like the Big Pete. I'm. I don't like Little Pete. I don't like the New England Patriot Pete. Uh, you know, I guess I'm just an old fogey, but uh, give me the brand. I want to see it. Yep, I agree. Where are you going to be watching the game? you watching in your uh, recliner? Oh, I'm definitely in my recliner. I have my Pistols firing T-shirt on watching in my recliner. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good uh, to hear. If OSU gets down, are you going to like change a channel? Or what's your what's your routine if they start losing? Uh, sometimes, well, it might be different this year because our defense is playing pretty good. Sometimes I don't like watching them when, when we're on defense because you know, they just go score. So I'd, I'd kind of just turn it over and only watch when we had the ball. <laughs> but you're, but you're buying yeah. Glenn Spencer. So you might, you might stay on the channel now. Well, I don't, I don't have a problem with our, with our coordinators. I, you know, I think it all starts with Mike, and you know, I like I like Mike. I mean, he's a great coach, he's the best coach we've ever had. But uh, I just wish he would uh, chill out a little bit during Bedlam and, and just and let her rip. I mean, he, he's two and ten being conservative. So why don't you try being aggressive? See how it goes. Yeah, you know, I can't mean, be much worse than two and ten. Nope. That's true. I asked I asked my dad this, and uh, he gave a he gave an answer I wasn't expecting. But who who has been your favorite player to watch so far in in 2017? Uh, my favorite player to watch. Boy, that's a hard one. Um, I'm trying to think. Probably going to say James Washington because I, I love watching him on streak routes. But uh, I like Tyron Johnson. Line. Huh? Tyron um, Johnson. I, I knew you was going to ask that, Carson. But uh, <laughs> I like him. But he's not. He's not my favorite player. He doesn't play enough to be my favorite player. No, I know. I'm just kidding. And I like Justice. I like King. Uh, I'd say James Washington. Good answer. Who'd your dad, pick? Who'd your dad pick? My dad said Dylan Stoner. <laughs> Which wow. is hilarious to me for some reason. I don't know why. Does your Does your dad live in Tulsa? <laughs> and now, yeah, no, he, he's in, <laughs> he's in Stillwater. So I I don't know what. I thought the, maybe uh, I thought maybe he was a, a jinx guy or something. <laughs> no, I don't know what the reasoning is. Good. I like Stoner, uh, but man, we got so many good receivers. It's uh, I like you know he's he's on my list, but he's not first. All right, I Dad. was going to say, you know, I was going to, I should have said Mike or Punter. You would have got a buzz out of that one. <laughs> our, Dad, our Heisman Dad, Trophy candidate. <laughs> Dad, Dad's not a fan of Signer, Kyle. Well, he nobody is. He's he's been terrible. I was. I mean, <clears throat> I was. I mean, I just loved his little campaign for Heisman at the first of the year, but uh, man, he's uh, he's gone south. I mean, it's it's like Gundy said in, in at the beginning of the year, the the mullet and and all that stuff. It's not funny if you're losing, and in the same way, the the punter Heisman campaign is not funny if you're not punting well. So, uh, yeah, when you're 
you're not even averaging 40 yards and you're you're getting punched blocked for touchdowns because you you took like a 10-step <laughs> drop or something. I mean, it's like, you know, how long are you going to take to kick the damn thing? But anyway, that's... As far as, Dad, as far as, as far as OU is concerned, like what's your biggest, I don't know, concern uh, with OU and what they bring to the table? Uh, Baker Mayfield throwing to Andrews or 36. What's 36 name? Flowers. Flowers. I think those two guys are extremely dangerous. Their wideouts don't scare me much. They're running, you know, I mean, we're not great against the run, but the, I think Mayfield can, can hurt us bad with Andrews and Flowers. They got some that's good what, plays for those guys. And they're, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's that's what I'm afraid of the most. No, that's what uh, Mayfield's Ky- running. Yeah. That's what Kyle's dad said. He was, he's worried about Andrews and Flowers, too. So you guys are on the same page. Kyle's dad is a smart man. <laughs> Maybe you guys <laughs> need to send Gwen Spencer some plays or something. <laughs> All right, Dad. We'll get you out of here on this. What's your uh, What's your pick for the game? They were giving me some grief about changing my West Virginia OSU pick, but uh, rubber meets the road. Who are you picking? Uh, rubber meets the road. Do I have to bet the house? If I have no. to bet the house, if I have to bet the house, I'm uh, taking. Uh, Don't bet the house. I want to inherit that thing. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, not literally. I'm just saying, <laughs> as an expression, if I. You know, it's easy to pick a score when nothing's on the line. But if I had to bet the house, I would bet uh, uh, OU by a touchdown. Mm. Probably 42-35. That's a good pick. That's not what I want. That's not what I want to happen. But that's if I if I got any money on it, that's it. That's a good it's score done. too. I think I, I think the score is going to be in that range probably. Uh, yep. I hope, you know, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, I'm not sure they can stop us consistently, but I don't think we can stop them consistently. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right, dad. Well, thanks for hopping on the pod. We'll let you go. Well, you guys have a good day. <laughs> All right, you too. You, Thank, thanks again. All right. See you, Kyle. Bye. Oh man! Give me the give me the brand. That was the best when he said that he would not only sell the helmets but give them away. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best thing I've heard all day. That was he, tre- tremendous. He despises Pistol Pete on the helmet. Like he, big, it just goes all Pete, over. Him. Big Pete, Little Pete, Patriot Pete. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, get get. He doesn't like Pete on the helmet. He's fine with Pete as the mascot, but I don't think he likes it on the helmet, as you could hear. Oh, that was so good. So good. How about him and, and how about both of our dads being there's a there's a lot of Mark Andrews fear uh on on Saturday for, for OU. Yeah, it's not often that you're most worried about the tight end and the fullback. Yeah. <laughs> but that's they're on the same page. I think they're right on. I mean the receivers yeah. don't put a lot of fear in you, as my dad said, and you know, Andrews and Flowers are their two best players on offense. So that's they're they're right on and they do such a good job at the play action over the middle to Flowers. They they hit OSU on a huge play last year with that kind of play action. They rolled Baker right and threw it back left to just Lincoln Riley's so good at getting Flowers and Andrews not only just open but like open with like three acres around them. Just he's so good at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome on offense, obviously, uh, and it's. 
you know, it's it's sort of easy to look awesome when you got uh, when you got Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Hot, man, I am fired up for Saturday. By the way, I'm gonna be there. You're gonna be there. Just Baker and Stillwater for the last time after all the flag planting antics this year. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty wild on Saturday. I think I'm I'm really getting excited about this game. Baker wore a Trader Texas Tech T-shirt to the Tech game. I think he's going to wear a 1945 National Champion shirt to Bedlam. That'd be that would be phenomenal. He should. I mean, that's his move, right? That's a great call. Well, and he's growing out the mustache again, which was just an all-time quote. He he grew out the Fu Manchu handlebar and said, "We're the real outlaws. There's a new sheriff in town." Like <laughs> he's a comic book character. It, it's it's tremendous, and it's great for both sides because. It gives if you're Oklahoma State, it gives you a, a a a rallying cry, something to rally around. And if you're OU, it galvanizes you. I mean, it's clear that that everybody there loves him, and you should. He's one of the best to ever to ever play at OU. And uh, it, I'm, people get so mad and whatever at him, but like I I think it's phenomenal for not only the rivalry but but college football as a whole. He's the boss playing quarterback which is one of the most hated figures in OSU history. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, real quick, before we go, we do speaking of uniforms, we need to talk uniforms. Let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's university spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner. Be sure to shop online at Chris Uh, we had a white on all white on all blue matchup on Saturday. Carson, what'd you think? Oh, it looked good. That was a good uni matchup. I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of the all-white, but I think it looks best with that helmet. I know my dad doesn't like I think it would look better with a chrome brand as opposed to chrome peat, but oh, that looked good. I think the black number is a huge upgrade on the on the white jersey. Kind of limits you with the orange pants, but uh, I thought it looked good. Yeah, I thought it was two straight years of uh, of great West Virginia-Oklahoma State uni matchups. They had the all-timer last year. And then this year, I thought it was—I thought it was really good as well. I, I'm kind of with your dad. I, I've never loved the big chrome Pete thing, um, but it's fine. They—they, they, I don't I, obviously. I don't think they're going to wear it for Iowa State now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they go with. I might be picking white, white, black for the third road game in a row at at Iowa State. Yeah, you wouldn't be wrong. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Bedlam's uh, going to be where we separate the men from the boys on uni predictions. I know. I'm already off the rails with that. Uh, real quick, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we'll come back, uh, preview the College Football Playoff Show, and wrap up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Uh, real quick, your top five or ten in the, in the uh, college football playoff show on Tuesday night. Who do you think it's going to be, or where do you think Oklahoma State's going to land? I guess. Oh, 12, 13. Um, top four is going to be Bama, Georgia, uh, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. 
What's Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame's best win uh, North Carolina State? Probably. Their best win's losing to Georgia, apparently. Yeah. That. <laughs> by the way, where do you fall in the OU Ohio State debate? What, what, what's the. Where do well, you I mean, what? I mean, why even play the games if we're not going to factor in head to head? It's just, it's stupid. And I think, you know, Iowa State, you know, where are they going to be ranked? It's not as if o, o, OU lost to just a completely inept team. They have two top five wins. They dominated. They could have beat Ohio State by 50. They sat on the ball the last fourth quarter. Um, they they completely dominate Ohio State. So I don't know how you rank them above OU. Well, it goes back to the Baylor TCU in 2014, right? Baylor loses to West Virginia, which is not a great team, and TCU loses to Baylor, which is a great team. So which which is you know what's the better resume? You know, like I I, I think the OU Ohio State argument is more nuanced than a lot of OU fans give it credit for, just because. It, it, it's impossible to, to figure it out. I mean, it just is. Like, when you lose to Iowa State, that's not even in the same, you know, world as, as the OU-Ohio State game. So I, I know that OU beat Ohio State, but they also lost to Iowa State, which is not as good of a team. So, like, how do you – when you've got all these, you know, different variables that you have to factor in, it's just impossible to rank the teams. But – the thing that we've seen that's been consistent, that will be consistent again this year, is teams like Ohio State, like Alabama, <clears throat> they only have to basically not prove that they are bad. And what I mean by that is Oklahoma State has to prove that they're good because everybody goes in thinking, well, they don't have as good of players, they didn't have as good of recruits, so they have to prove something. Ohio State and Alabama have to just not disprove something. And I think that you're going to see the committee again operate like that in 2017. Here's a great stat for you. Uh, Alabama hasn't beaten a team that has received a top 25 vote. Wow. See, Not I don't a think... team that has been in the top 25, a team that has, they haven't even received a vote. I don't think Bama is going to be number one. I think you put Georgia there. One, to yeah. drum up controversy. And two, Georgia has a better resume. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One last message here for Mike Gundy. Are you ready? I think so. Are you ready? So what the greatest thing about sports is you play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? You play to win the game. <laughs> you don't just play it, Mike Gundy. You play to win the game. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm ready for Saturday. Um, That's the theme of the week. We will talk again, Carson, on Thursday, I believe. And, yeah, enjoy your bedroom week. All right, sounds good. We'll okay. talk to you Thursday, and then we'll, we'll see you on Saturday. Talk to you later. See you.